Welcome, screensavers. I'm Michael Gallup. I'm Matt Sturdivant. I'm Tyler Sutkus. Together, we host the Silver Screensavers podcast, and today we are discussing the the trickling remains of the old DCEU before we move forward here with James Gunn. As we're talking Shazam! Fury of the Gods. It's the second Shazam movie. We'll get to that in a bit. First, we're going to do weekly watch list, which I, I think for the first time in a little bit. So, Matt, why don't you tell us what you've been watching? One of the things I watched this week was the other movie that came out this weekend called Willem Dafoe is Inside. I don't that's think not... it's called that. I think that's the title. <laughs> um, it is not called Willem Dafoe is Inside, but it might as well have been. Um, it's a cool concept. Uh, Willem Dafoe plays an art thief who breaks into this high-rise penthouse of this rich art collector to steal valuable artwork. And he gets trapped inside when the security system malfunctions and he struggles to survive, but slowly goes insane as he runs out of food and water. Willem, first of all, this is just a great concept and I feel like a movie like this was tailor-made for Willem Dafoe. Mm -hmm. Great concept. Willem put in work. I will give him nothing but props for going all in on this movie and his performance in this movie. But I think the execution, as far as the movie itself, kind of ran out of steam. I don't think it was the best executed version of this concept or this movie. So it was kind of a bummer. I would still recommend checking it out, but I would say it does lose a bit of steam toward the end and it I think it tries to tries a little too hard to be poetic and and make you think but it comes across more pretentious than poetic um but overall I I can't say I disliked it I'd say it's still worth checking out at some point when it's on streaming or whatever but I wouldn't rush out to the movies to see this one if it had been shorter, would it have been more of a success? I think so. I think, I mean, it. I'm trying to remember the runtime. It was. I think it's like wanna, an hour 45. Yeah, it was, it was over an hour and a half, but I think hour and a half was probably the max that I could come up with this. Hmm. Um, it does, however, feature a long shot of Willem Dafoe taking an entire piss. I, is this a selling point for us? Take that. Yes. <laughs> take that however you will. But um, you won't believe the size <laughs> of his dog. <laughs> Lars von Trier didn't. <laughs> um, from <laughs> from an over-the-top Willem Dafoe performance to a very good straight man Willem Dafoe performance. I also watched The Florida Project. Love it. Sean Baker written and, or co-written and directed. Um, that one's about a young girl and her mom who live out of a Florida motel and it follows them over the course of a summer. It's like a well, it's like a slice of life kind of movie. It uh, very well Put together, well written, supremely well acted by. Uh, I 
forgot her name now. Brooklyn Prince. Mm-hmm. The as the young girl Mooney. Yes. And Willem Dafoe as the the hotel manager. I believe he was nominated for an Oscar for that, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. Uh I, I don't want I can't say too much without giving it away. It's just something it's just willing it, it's it it's something worth checking out for sure. And then I went from one Sean Baker film to another Sean Baker film and I also watched Red Rocket. And Mike, I can't remember how in depth you talked about it. I I thought you had mentioned it before. Yeah, I did. I think I spoke for like a minute as part of another weekly watch list about it. Yeah, well, I enjoyed it. I thought it was decent. I, uh, I, I went into it not really expecting to like it that much, especially with like the, the premise. Yeah. But I think it's one of those things where like the movie isn't actively condoning the premise and it's kind of, it's, it's well like falling down where like, it's not, you know, your the protagonist is a reprehensible person. Right. And it's, it's not, con- obviously not condoning the events of the film, but it is providing an interesting perspective about someone who's got a warped sense of reality. Yes. What I would say about it, and I don't mean to cut you off, is I- I'm a huge Sean Baker fan. Uh, watch The Florida Project. Go watch Tangerine. That movie is hilarious and moving. My... I was so excited for Red Rocket because the trailer was so good and I'm such a big fan of his. And what I found is that you're correct in that, you know, it's it's about a man who is entirely reprehensible. But to me, unlike his other movies, the material was not sharp enough for me to like enjoy the satire of it. So it was just kind of like me not having a great time and watching something incredibly gross happening. And so Mm -hmm. I just I just didn't really like it. I don't know. I I thought the performances were pretty compelling, all things considered. Sure, yeah. I mean, everybody did their job. I just, I I don't know, this one was not for me. I mean, I can't say this is on the same level as falling down, like, one-to-one comparing to two movies, but that's kind of how, that's kind of how I compare it in the sense of, like, the controversy that surrounds it. Um, for those who don't know, it's about a former male porn star who leaves Los Angeles and goes home to his hometown and reconnects with his estranged wife and her mom, and meanwhile strikes up a relationship with a 17-year-old who was three weeks out from being 18. Like I said, not a great-sounding premise, but I think it was pretty well executed and again i i don't take it as the mo- the film was condoning it but i think it was more of just a character study of a reprehensible person if that makes sense yeah and i, I th- thought it was pretty well executed personally yeah i mean you're totally right i just your cup of tea not mine unfortunately do you have anything else no that was it okay tyler pass all right so uh, I just got a couple of quick ones. First, I just have to tell you this. I rewatched Cyrano uh, for <laughs> the first time in a while. If you're a longtime listener, you know I love the movie Cyrano. You probably don't even know what Cyrano is. 
but it is a uh, movie musical from a couple of years ago. It's it's based on the very old play Cyrano de Bergerac. This is a musical. It started off Broadway, and then Joe Wright and his team made it into a film. And I, the reason that I'm mentioning this, I don't usually mention rewatches, but the reason that I'm mentioning it is because it's not often that I realize a movie is one of my favorites ever. Usually takes me a while after first seeing a movie. Usually got to see it a few times to add it to the list. And I added this one. I, it's, it's so fantastic. It's so deep. Erica Schmidt, who wrote it, wrote one of the most brilliant, romantic, heartbreaking scripts I've ever experienced. The whole cast is on top of their game. Peter Dinklage, I love him so much. Haley Bennett, uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr., Ben Mendelsohn, love them all. It's one of my favorite soundtracks ever. Cyrano, one of my favorite movies ever. Right. So is Babylon going to be on next week's weekly watch list? <laughs> mm, I'm, I'm going to have a busy week, so I would have to carve out a significant amount of time for Babylon. <laughs> so I, I don't know. That one, I'm going to watch it. A while. I'm gonna watch it over uh, 30 minute spans over a week. <laughs> I'm not lying to you guys when I said that not many movies of the past few years have had like a physical effect on my body the way that Babylon has. Just mine the... too. I'm like, oh, my back is killing me. It's, no, in this chair it's so <laughs> incredible, so electrifying. And then the only other thing that I want to mention is the 1976 original version of the town that dreaded sundown. Watched this recently. It is based on the true story of the Moonlight Murders of a mass killer in Texarkana, Arkansas in 1946. This is directed by Charles B. Pierce, who's like largely a Western director, did some horror stuff, really cool career, and written by Early Smith. I like this quite a bit. Uh, it does what good horror and, and slasher movies do. This is kind of a slasher. I wouldn't say it's like the classic, but I think it kind of fits. Uh, which is make the stuff between the killings interesting while still being creepy and have it, the killing scenes interesting. What's cool about this one is that it's about the way a town is driven crazy by a series of attacks over a period of months and how citizens kind of gradually draw in on themselves. Uh, there's something about collective fear that I find fascinating and this movie does it very well. I, you know, even for the time, I don't know if it's the most stellar filmmaking. Some of the acting is not great. Some of the effects, but I recommend it. And also, I don't know, especially in those kinds of movies, that, that, that stuff doesn't really take away from me. Interestingly, so this is based on real crimes for which the killer was never caught. And on some of the original posters, again, this came out in 76. So, and then in 1946, right, this, this person, whoever this was, killed five people. And the poster says he killed five people and he still lurks the streets of Texarkana, Arkansas. That's what the poster said when the movie came out. And the authorities of the town of Texarkana, like, threatened to sue. They were really upset. They were saying that it would incite fear in people, and also like relatives of the vict of the real victims were still living in the town, and they thought it kind of was you know it was kind of disrespectful to their memory, and so uh, there was a big fight to remove the the tagline from the posters, and it was taken off of some, but a lot of it remained. I just like it's just an interesting marketing strategy of like making people think that there's a real killer still in a town that is in real existence, like. Maybe a bit much. Maybe a bit much. All right, we're gonna move to. Okay, we're gonna move to Shazam. 
<laughs> what a transition. Well, See, I would Red Rocket would have been a more a more apt transition into this. Yes, it would have. So this is Shazam Fury, Fury of the Gods. This is oh, about. Oh shoot! I thought it was Furry of the Gods. I think I watched the wrong one. That would have been so much more of an interesting movie. So in this one, Billy Batson slash Shazam and his team of superhero siblings fight the menacing Daughters of Atlas. This is directed by David F. Sandberg, who, um, kind of like Charles B. Pierce, is interesting, has moved throughout genres a little bit. He did that movie Lights Out. Do you guys remember that one? Yeah, like, I do. Yeah, he did that. He did Annabelle Creation. Um, even like the Lights Out short film which you can find really easy is like really really cool and well done and this was written by henry gaden and chris morgan so matt why don't you take it first what'd you think of shazam fury of the gods honestly i'm gonna be mostly positive i I, I'm, i'm getting really tired of being the only positive one on here but um i liked it i liked it more than i thought i would um i thought it was cute I, I I I think I like both the Shazam movies pretty well. Um, a lot of oh, it relies heavily on humor, um, which is of course subjective. So I think you're gonna get a bit of a varied experience depending on your sense of humor. Um, like there was one lady in our theater; she was loving it the entire time, just laughing out loud. She was having a blast, and I'm I'm happy for her. Um, it did a lot of it did land with me, but if your common gripe with superhero movies, especially of the last several years, is that they lean too hard into humor, you're probably not going to have the best time unless you're on the same wavelength as this movie is. And it's very in a similar vein to the first one, where you know he's a teenager, so he's got that juvenile sense of humor. In that juvenile sort of, in a sense of looking at things. I also another thing I liked. Well, I liked, but I didn't like because I don't think it really went far enough. It did flirt with certain more mature themes, and it also got like really dark at some points, but then just kind of played it off with humor. And um, we can talk. I don't know if it's going to come up, but if it comes up, um, particularly the scene with that one teacher. Um, and then like flirting with the idea of like, you know, he's anxious about, um, this is, I guess this is a minor spoiler, but it doesn't really affect the plot too much when he's anxious about like aging out of the foster system and, and things like that. Yeah. Like it, the sort of coming of age stuff. I, I think they started to go that direction, but then they didn't go far enough. I'll agree Um, with that. So I think there were seeds of some good stuff, but it not all of it was fully realized, I don't think. But by and large, I mean, especially for a movie that may or may not still tie into the DCEU after this, like, as just, like, looking at it within the Shazam universe, I, I dug it. I liked it for the most part. All right, Tyler. This movie was mediocre personified. Uh, just so boring. Just the longest two hours. 
I none of the humor really landed with me. I saying there was one scene I remember chuckling at, and I can't remember what scene it was. This movie is like slipped out of my mind the second I stopped watching it. No, nothing memorable for me. It was just like a boring time. Uh, I I don't mind if a movie leans into humor if the humor is good. The humor in this was not ever good to like for me, except one scene that I can't even remember because I was in a catatonic state watching this film. But, like, you just get these characters, and I get, oh, they're teenagers as, as super, as, um, what's it called? Teenagers as adults, so, like, they have a teenage sense of humor. But a teenage sense of humor is nothing like this movie. No teenagers are like this, and I feel like that's a symptom of kind of trying to make it family-friendly. But, like, it just seems so sanitized, like, to the point where, like, their humor was like, oh, they're so random. How random are these guys? And it was just like, did not play off well. I found the performances, just none, nothing stuck out to me. They seemed kind of almost like ashamed of the child performers and kind of kept them out of the spotlight for most of the movie, just to bring them slightly in at the end. You yes. never really saw them outside their superhero personas, aside from Freddy. That was yeah. really the only one you got a glimpse of. Yeah, Everyone that else was a was, mistake. Yeah. Everyone else was just stuck in the superhero body to the point where, like, when they turned... Well, I won't say. When they turned into their, um, like, non-superhero personas, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot that character was them. <laughs> like, it's just, just a boring movie. Nothing really landed for me, and I just kind of... I, I Not memorable at all. Not worth the two hours plus of sitting through this. Yep, I, I agree. So... The thing I'll say first is that everyone who made this movie seems to have had a good time making it, and they seem to be proud of it, and I really think that's awesome. I'm not here to step on anybody's joy, and if you've only been listening for the last couple of episodes, you might think that this is the Mike and Tyler dump on movies show, <laughs> um, which I, I don't want it to be. I promise it'll get better. However, Tyler, I made the exact same note. This is the epitome of mediocre. If I weren't, if we weren't doing the episode on it this week, I would have walked out and yeah. saved myself a couple of hours. It's like painfully dull. It's like the most generic superhero movie that I have seen. It's paper thin story. You know, oh, people love each other in the end. You gotta like sacrifice Pat, like all this stuff. At the beginning of my screening, when the production logos were just coming up and the music started, the screen was like flashing blue and red, like a, a TV that was struggling to get signal. That's how one man near me described it. So I walked out to tell someone because after realizing that it was not a creative choice, I'm like, okay, I like, I'm not going to sit through this. If I have to sit through this, it will be through a clear screen. And then we had to wait while they fixed it and then I had to watch the movie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so not not the best night. Every joke, you know, humor is subjective, sure. But just like the rhythm of the comedy, every joke came and went in half a second. Like by the time the joke was done, you, you your brain didn't even have time to process that a joke had been made. I, I really didn't understand the plot. None of it was compelling. The people involved, the performers, were fine. They seem lovely. I have zero affection for this movie. I think, sure, there were a couple of 
a couple of emotional strokes that that could have turned into something good i just i no it's a it's a no for me no thank you i do think i will say this perhaps the best one of the best assets of the movie is zach levi you know zach levi playing he's playing what a 17 year old in this this older guy's body um he's he's doing it I'll, I'll give him that he's doing a good job he's very consistent he has struck a, a a chord in his performance and he keeps playing that and i think that was pretty effective with better material i think he would have been really great in these in this movie but it's it just like it's just the most mediocre stuff unfortunately uh james gunn said that he is interested in retaining him as shazam I, I would be all for it. I, I like Zach Levi a lot, um, but I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. Do you guys see Shazam being part of the future DC movies? It It's hard to say because I don't really know the tone they're going for. Yeah. Once I see that, I, I, I hope they kind of stay away from the Snyder-esque tone of like this super dark with like kind of cringy humor to it and just kind of have a more level balance of that. Of like, you know, positivity, but also kind of being dark in DC. So it'd be interesting to see if he'll fit into that tone. Yeah, that's a good point. I really don't. I didn't mind the Snyder tone. I just didn't like the way that Zack Snyder executed much of anything. I guess that was my issue. So yeah, Zach Levi is good. Uh, he's had a, a fascinating couple of last years. He was in. That movie, The Mauritanian, which I think it didn't make a big splash, but it was like a good career choice. Remember, he did American Underdog. Did either of you ever see that? <laughs> I can't say I, I have. I, that movie, I will forever know that movie for giving me a jump scare when we went to see, what was that, No Way Home? Oh, I yeah. It was, it, it, it was like, it was, yeah. the screen was black at their theater for a while, and then it just cut into the middle of that trailer at like the loudest part and just scared the crap out of me oh that's funny <laughs> i remember that yeah it was just like the little mouse cursor sitting there for the longest yeah. time <laughs> oh yeah and then zach levi just burst it on screen mid-sentence i used to bag groceries now i'm a football star <laughs> all right um he was in apollo 10 and a half i really like that movie guys get get this He's going to be in Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. Okay, okay. all right. Guess who he's, repl- <laughs> he's replacing? Who? Mel Gibson. <laughs> who was Mel Gibson in the original Chicken Run? I don't, I don't know, but like, you throw out Mel Gibson, and you're like, all right, who's next? That's, that's, that's not exactly the biggest Levi. step. Well, I guess it depends on the reasoning for replacing Mel Gibson, I suppose. But Are you if... referring to the religious values? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just, I was shocked by that. Maybe, and I maybe guess it's just like a lateral move. Maybe. I, uh, I guess he's also going to be in the new Spy Kids movie, which I didn't even know was happening until I saw that. So, I don't know. You guys want Spy Kids back? I could care less. <laughs> we just got Spy Kids. It was called Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. No, I Spy Kids <laughs> was one of those things that I 
enjoyed as a kid. It wasn't even like my favorite thing as a kid, but I enjoyed it. I and did then enjoy it as a kid. Once, once I passed into adulthood, it like died. It just doesn't exist anymore. That kind of thing. You know what <laughs> I mean? That's absolutely true. Like it's gone from my brain. All I remember is the weird thumb guys. <laughs> the oh, thumb yeah. guys, like like the gum that if you stuck it on them, it would shock them or something like that. <laughs> The second one was like the weird creatures on the island, and then the third one was like the tw- uh, enough Spy Kids talk. Um, I, I one more one more Spy Kids thing. I I remember seeing Spy Kids in 3D at the drive-in as a kid. And how was that experience? It was the coolest thing ever. Oh, good. Uh, so the I just the kinda... I just want to say real quick oh. that sentence makes you sound like you're a hundred years old. <laughs> I remember seeing Spy Kids at the drive-in. <laughs> okay, Grandpa, take your meds. Yeah. <laughs> the counterpart to Shazam is Billy, who is played by Asher Angel. In what I think is a, a good performance, he's not in the movie too much because they really want to put Zach Levi on screen. Um, so I, I used to work at Barnes & Noble... And I once received a call from a man who was who <laughs> I had a, ended up having a 45 minute conversation with this man about Asher Angel because he wanted to know if he had a soundtrack and then he would like tell me lyrics and he would want like an analysis of the lyrics and he's like what do you think he means by that and i would like come up with something and i walked around the store and talked with this guy for three quarters of an hour about asher angel the Hmm. only reason that i know who asher angel is so i thought he was pretty good if anything it's more uh jack dylan grazer's movie as freddie he's kind of getting like the main kid part here I thought he played his role very well. You know, every, everyone's doing all right. Rachel Zegler's good. Um, Grace Carolyn Curry as Mary. I think she'd be a great actress in something else. In something that is is not this movie. Because she doesn't get to do a lot of acting in this movie. Also, I don't know if I'm nitpicking here, but like, why was she the only one of the siblings who did not have long pants as a hero? <laughs> Because she was old enough to be sexualized. But like the... Oh, I guess. I mean, I get the rest are played by adults, but I, I was just... I, don't know, I, just found that, I just found that kind of weird. Like, just give them all long pants. They all have pants. Just give them pants. Um, did anybody else in the cast stick out to you guys? Because I thought everyone was everyone was all right. No, no one stuck out. For me, it was very bland. I, I thought everyone was all right. I, I About similar levels um shout out to the real batman Diedrich bader though yes i was happy to see him voices batman in the harley quinn series mm. matt like you said there's this like you know emotional quote-unquote story about billy getting older and he's a worried that once he becomes of age and adult he's going to be kicked out of the forester home because there's some financial problems and they might not be able to take care so like all that stuff about him being scared him like holding on too hard to his family it's like good bones it didn't impact me whatsoever because it's just like thrown in there same with the oh my lord the 
the most important thing about you is you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> enough. That sounded like a Sebastian J. Cricket quote. Like that, that sounded like something he would have came up with. I like it just came out of nowhere. And also, uh, congratulations to the biggest winner of the movie, which is Skittles. Because this Tyler, like this you was, said, uh, this giant is just Skittles a ad, two-hour-long Skittles advertisement. She literally says, "We need more Skittles." In the middle of this movie, like that, like oh my god, oh my god, so Taste many the rainbow. Yeah, yeah. Oh I, I, I also enjoy that. Like they, f- like forgot they needed material for the rest of the superhero gang besides Freddy and and, um, t- Billy. So like they just kind of just gave them random like quirks in the middle. Like they're like they'll just do this at random. And yeah. like that's it. That's their entire character for the film. They, they did make one of them a gay caricature. They did. I that was very like which which I mean I understand. I think what they were. I think I get what they were trying to do with it, but it came. I to me it kind of came across as tone deaf. I it it was just incredibly stunted. Yeah, like, they just thrown out there, and it's like oh yeah, right, cool. Back to the action. It's okay. Yeah. Like, give it some room, or... I don't know. It was, but they yeah. all knew! <laughs> I also, spoiler for that one... That one scene that is, is that could, have been, could have been impactful. Well, it could have been impactful, but it was played off as a joke, so... It, I wouldn't say it was that... It's that much of a spoiler. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there's so many elements in this movie that it's just like it just became nonsensical at some point there's the dome there's the apple the rock of eternity the dragon just comes in it's like the staff like i I don't know what any of this is i was just gonna say there's random greek mythological creatures thrown in that did not feel like they were part of the movie they felt so inconsistent with everything else yeah i mean i thought the creatures looked all right but you know, it was. I like the book birds when the books were flying around like birds, and then they went into the shelves. That was the one and a half seconds of of movie that I really liked about this. All right, we're just spoiler warning for Shazam: Fury of the Gods. But if you're on the fence about seeing this movie, I would not recommend it. See, I'm I'm the I'm gonna fall opposite. I'm gonna say if you're curious and. You dig superhero movies just as a general watcher of them. I'd say it's worth checking out at least, especially if you like the first one. Because I, I, I would put this pretty close to the first one. Maybe not quite as good, but... All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer a third opinion here. If you want a better use of two hours, just sit and stare at a wall for two hours and ten minutes. More enjoyable. Yes. I... I... I'm sorry, I just, I can't recommend it. I really cannot. Um, there was a part, the part where, I don't remember what it is, when all of them meet in, like, the cave, and the the two goddesses, Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren, have the staff, and they're, like, zapping the blue light out of the staff, and they get away. So when when the siblings get away, I don't know what it was. Some woman in back of me was like, that's what you get, asshole. And she she was silent the rest of the time. And it wasn't even like 
when they body slam <laughs> Helen Mirren. It was like they just escaped. She... <laughs> <What>? <laughs> she was just confused. She didn't really know who was the, the character she was supposed to root for. Unless like something else was happening around her and there was another person acting like a fool and something bad happened to them. I don't know. I don't know. It was very low energy in my theater. Um, if you want an idea of what the humor of this movie is, is a woman's listening to Bonnie Tyler saying, I need a hero in her car and the bridge that Shion breaks and she needs a hero and which would be okay enough. But then Shazam has to point it out. And I mean, it's hilarious. <laughs> I, Did I, I thought... really save you to this song? Ho <laughs> I thought that was funny. Well, the the problem is, is that the best use of that song is in Shrek Two. Well, so, yeah. So it's kind of ruined forever. <laughs> uh, this movie turned into the happening for about thirty seconds when they just make a man jump off of a roof, just because. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what I was getting at when we were talking about. When, or when I was talking about how it got like randomly really dark at times, but then just played it off as a joke. Right. When like she's I think like, the tone oh. was a little, a little unbalanced there. Yeah. She's like, Oh, they always splatter the same way. And I'm like this, this that's not what this movie is. Yeah, that, that was very odd. That, that, not even just the happening, her speech about it afterwards is weird. But like they always yeah. blow up. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, the creatures coming out of their eggs. I thought that looked decent. I didn't mind that. I like some of the creatures. Again, I don't really know how it related to anything, but okay, I guess they needed something to fight against, right? So there, there's a this 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 whole thing really drove me nuts. But there's a scene here. Well, first of all, I just want to point out that these superheroes. I know they're supposed to be like kids who are bad at that. They get a ton of people killed. Like, first of all, they released the gods to begin with. Yeah. And, like, they just, oh my god, so many people die in this movie that they're just powerless to stop. But it, it's funny because they call them the Philly fiascos. Yeah, it's and they're hilarious. Like, it, they're, they're so like, bad. They're like, we're they not that bad. People are dying left <laughs> and right. But anyway, there's this scene where, like, the main character is the family are, like, being, like, attacked by the Greek monsters, and then they're, like, they're, like, running them over and stuff. They get out of the van, and it cuts to the fact that there's just, like, three police officers down the street just directing, like, people. And I'm like, why aren't you fighting them? <laughs> there's monsters <laughs> killing people ten feet away. Well, there was that that one cop who entered like ninety eight rounds into the Cyclops or whatever. John Wick. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah, that one stuck out to me, and I mean, I'm not usually one to catch stuff like that. I mean, yeah, a lot of it was silly and made no sense, but I I enjoyed my time with it. I, I wouldn't say I, it was it, like the bland. The last time I f- felt a movie was like mediocre, like a true mediocre, like not not poorly made, but not great. Was probably Uncharted. This was getting to Uncharted level, and, but this, I don't, I don't, I don't think this was Uncharted. as bad as Uncharted. It very close. It was I, close. I have it slightly above, but it's close. Uh, no, nah, I don't know. I I enjoyed it. 
that like there's literally a scene in this movie where they got the staff and they won and he's like here catch while they're both standing in front of the person he's throwing it to who just grab it and i'm like what come on well that was the the cocaine bear strategy oh catch oh no no somebody else got it um so i'm well i will say they do kind of establish in the beginning that they're not like the most successful superheroes in the world so i was okay with that and also i'm willing to admit that i'm not the biggest expert on the mythology of this storyline so i matt could you explain to me why rachel zegler's character was posing as a high school student when she's a goddess because she's played by rachel zegler right but was i like missing a plot piece like why was she there um because she needed to be a high schooler because she looks like she's a high schooler so there's no there's no reason as far as i know okay well they did they did make a joke about it though about the age differences yeah but why was she there (laughs) why was she pretending to be a high schooler she didn't know any of the the people at the high school were the champions so there's no reason for her to be there i mean literally had to pick an occupation that fit what they look like how old they look uh, what? They didn't so. play an occupation they just yeah. murdered a bunch of people at a museum to begin the movie yeah that's yeah just, but she no. but she looks but she looks like a high schooler she's not old enough so to why is she museum. going to pretend to be a high schooler there's no reason <laughs> it literally doesn't make sense no especially because when freddie is like hey do you want you want to meet my superhero bud he walks around a corner three seconds later the superhero comes up she doesn't put two and two together because a minute later she's like i hope freddie comes back soon you're a goddess you don't realize this come on she didn't want him to come back she didn't want him to get hurt yeah. Oh, yeah. That's. I hope Freddy stays. Sa- this is Freddy. Come on. I don't understand what her plan was. Like, I get. I guess. Uh, actually, it kind of makes sense because she knew he knew the superheroes because he had okay. lunch with them. All right. Yeah. There so we fair. go. Okay. There. We worked that out. All right. We unlocked so, it. There you go. Plot point lost. <laughs> All right. Thank God. I'm, I'm glad that's point, settled. Point out. for plot Shazam. Plot has been upbuilt. <laughs> I was genuinely curious as to the reason. All right. So there was that uh the unicorns i don't was it was it uh eugene i think it was eugene who like didn't believe that unicorns were real Hmm. and i was like again you're a boy that can turn into a man by saying one word i don't i don't know why unicorns are such a stretch you have the power of tom hanks and big at the oh, there there were some big vibes in this movie, and not the good kinds. There, there certainly was. Uh, and then Shazam dies because he has to sacrifice himself, and then they bury him very quickly, very quickly. In a also, weird realm, they're just like we're going to this ancient realm that we just know about for some reason. Yeah, they didn't have to buy a plot or get a headstone carved. They're I, I don't know. And then... Well, that's because oh. they're friends with Jimon Hansu, who's the wizard. Okay, And the fair. wizard knows where places is uh, places are. <laughs> All right, that's fair. And then, oh, Matt, who came in to save the day? Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, but not, not the crudely pasted Jimon Hansu-faced Wonder Woman. 
So I didn't understand during the film that that was a dream when they were on a date the first time. You didn't realize that? No, I really did not. I don't know what I missed. I don't know what state of mind I was in. I completely missed that. Wait, so you I, thought he actually like took her face over? No. I Well, I thought he... <laughs> Honestly, what I thought in the moment was that, like, he was using some sort of, like, magical projection to, like, put his face onto Wilmer Woods. Like I a mean, Heimdall kind of, son kind of. <laughs> I mean, he kind of still was, but it was just in a dream instead of being physical. Which but, I'm glad it was a dream, because I... No, that would have been... I don't, I don't want to get into imagine it. Imagine being at that restaurant when that happened, if it was, if it had not been a dream. I would have been like, thank God Gal Gadot's gone. <laughs> When's the last time we saw Wonder Woman? 2020? Oh, wait, what am I thinking? 1984, what am I even 1984, thinking? 1984, but in 2020, that garbage. Oh, see, yeah, I'm going the other way. I didn't think that was garbage. I thought it was okay. It wasn't the worst. Well, I mean, it, was it wasn't like... I wouldn't, it wasn't I'm not, Shazam Fury of the Gods. Or yeah, I like oh, it no, more this than was, this. No, 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 no. No, Wonder Woman 1984 no. is much no. better than this. No, no. I, I'm breaking. I, I'm breaking. On Without that. No. a doubt, Pedro no. Pascal. Pedro Pascal was the only thing I liked about that movie. Oh, that's more things than I like about this movie. Yeah, so, yeah. this this is true. <laughs> it's so. one up. <laughs> okay, but how do I also? I will say. As, as stark of a defender as I've been of the MCU the past few, the past year or so, I I did like this more than the last several MCU movies. Really? Yeah. Um, I didn't dislike it as much as I disliked Ant Man or Love and Thunder. I this was pretty much on the same interest level as Black Panther, but this is a worse movie than Black Panther. I don't know. <laughs> I I, I I just want to throw out a point here that I've been sitting on. So there's a scene where they're like, they're asking the magical pen, which, haha, the pen. That was the dumbest character. Uh, they're like... What did the pen do to you? The, the pen bit was way overdone with the... Oh, don't write that. Write this. That was hilarious. I was was cracking up at that. That was so. Um, I thought that was hilarious. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. Tyler was there for it. He was. Oh, my (laughs) lord. Anyway, the most overplayed part. So, anyway. They they ask him like what what are beasts afraid of and they're like unicorns and she's like I have an idea why did she know where to find unicorns why did she know they were gonna be in a random parking garage I don't understand there was no reasoning behind that oh I know where these mythical creatures are gonna be hatching why why would you know that because she was the and only one that believed the in skittles. them thing where we get slow motion skittles throw it's the closest thing to ambrosia we. But Ambrosia stop, still exists, stop. though, right? No, but, like, the whole time, the rest of the movie, I'm literally thinking, why did she know where to find the unicorn? <laughs> it made no sense. Uh, and then we get, taste the rainbow, mother. <laughs> yeah, cuts on, like... Movie history. Uh, oh, my God. Good, <laughs> good for Skittles. Good for you guys. <laughs> Um, also, bad take that the lemon ones are the worst. Lemons are good. 
So I don't like no separating and giving it to the the prisoner goddess or whatever. All right, Wonder Woman comes in, revives Shazam. She walks away. I, if there's anything more indicative of our modern superhero age, it's it's this scene. I, I can't think of a more glaringly bad example of anything besides this. So it's just like, all right, bring her in for one second to revive somebody who just died, making death meaningless once again, and then she'll walk out. And then uh, the, the movie's just over. And then we get the weird line where, like, he tries to, like, flirt with her, and then the mother's like, what is up with our children and older women? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't like. <laughs> all right. It's any final thoughts on this movie? <laughs> Literally the most predictable storyline. Like the yeah. best battle. I knew he was gonna come back to life. Oh no, he's dead. I was like, please, please leave him dead. I just want to see one superhero movie actually commit to this, and they didn't. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to see Billy Batson die. You know, it's fine. Who cares? <laughs> I don't need any more Shazam. I don't. He, I don't care. I don't need Shazam either, but, like, leave the kid alone. He just made up with his mom. He has siblings he loves. Um, yeah. I, it just makes it feel so cheap. Yes, it does. With, without a doubt, agree with that. And then we get the scene with the doorbell reveal of the wizard who's just shaved. I'm like, <laughs> that's, they're like, whoa. <laughs> You look good. I don't, what do you want yeah. me to say? <laughs> oh, it was terrible. Uh, remember at the top of the show when I said humor is subjective? That's that's why that's why I said that because I know not everyone is not is not everyone's gonna vibe with this movie, but um, I I dug it. Where do you I, think all the hair went from the wizard's head and face? Where do, you, where do you think that's kept? Do you think he donated it and somebody's wearing it as a wig? <laughs> Maybe. I was really hoping for a Black Adam cameo, <laughs> to be honest. I was very disappointed. You'll have to take that up with The Rock, then. I'm ho- I was hoping they'd just shoehorn him in <laughs> before they killed him. What they should have done is they should have deep-faked him onto somebody else's body who's much less muscular. <laughs> Like they did in the Wonder oh Woman's body. God, there is there is one god, and it just cuts to <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Mm. <laughs> There's literally a line in this movie. I just have to throw this out here, where Rachel Zegler's character says, "I'm a six thousand years old," and then kisses a seventeen year old, and the father's <laughs> like, "I don't think that's very inappropriate." Wait, he's a <laughs> I don't even want. I don't even no. want to get into it. Enough. Just leave it. Leave it behind. Leave it behind. We're done with it. We're done. What's next for these people? We have the Flash movie. Um, apparently Tom Cruise loves it. I, I myself, am not excited. Is that something I'm, that someone said? Like someone said, yeah, like, Tom Cruise loves this movie. There's like articles about it. Oh. I'm, exci- I'm excited. False. I'm curious to see what they do with it to reset everything. Me too. So, oh, so is this like the the resetting? This is the I, reset. This it, is Flashpoint. It, I mean, yeah, it, most likely. I I didn't know that um, because I 
I get from the timeline. I just kind of assumed that it was made before all the switchover stuff, but I mean, I'm I could be completely wrong. Uh, we're getting that. We're getting Blue Beetle, which hey, give it its fair shot. Let's see. It's got the kid from Cobra Kai in it, so I'm pretty stoked about it for that reason. All right, is that what he's listed on the poster? It's like the kid from Cobra Kai and Willem Dafoe. I forgot his I forgot his name, but I don't know if Willem Dafoe's in there. I just picked a random. <laughs> Willem Dafoe might be an Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom, which I have to say I, I like the first Aquaman. Uh, let's see let's see what this one. I, I I'm willing to give it a shot. And then the Joker sequel, which I it just seems that they're going more off the rails, which is exactly what I want. So good job with that. And it's got your favorite actress. Lady Gaga. musician, your favorite, favorite like do it all performer. I love everything about her. Avril right. Lavigne. No, let let's just end this on the good note of Lady Gaga, so I can wash the bad taste out of my mouth. If you, the listener, have any comments, if you like Shazam, you want to defend it, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Screensavers Pod. Our Facebook is Silver Screensavers Podcast, and you can write to us at silverscreensaverspod at gmail.com. Matt, where can you be found online? You can find me at MattyXSturds, S-T-U-R-D-Z. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Tyler? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Tyler Sipkis and on Letterboxd at Tyler96. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Stay down to bone. Silver Screen Savers podcast is hosted and produced by Michael Gallett, Tyler Sukis, and Matt Sturdivant, with additional editing by Matt Sturdivant, intro music by Charles Michelle via Pixabay, logo designed by Nathan Seidel. <laughs>